Welcome, everybody, to the Rogan Campfire Podcast. Just like last week, I'm your host, Andy, and I'm joined by Flask, John, and Greg. No veto. What, what about the week before last week? It might have been the same setup. I cannot remember how many weeks we've gone with Vito in Italy. Feels like in I've fact, been missing my friend. Vito in general is kind of like little Italy. Vito in general is kind of like a fading memory. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How many episodes was he on this podcast? Like four or five? <laughs> he got a few in. Uh, I think he less left. than that. Yeah. Well, you know, Vito or not, we've got a great show out there uh, for you guys tonight. A lot of games to discuss. Some big happenings in the industry. Uh, on our news to look forward to in the back half. Uh, as always, here's my 22nd plug. Brokencampfire at gmail.com for the emails and for the Twitters, it's at Brokencampfire. As well, like I said last week, Flask has been uploading content from my latest stream to youtube.com slash Brokencampfire. Uh, definitely some good stuff out there. Check it out. Um, I think I highlighted this last week, but I was particularly a fan of Skull Monkeys and Tomba, but but you know what? It was a great night. Great day, great night. A lot of stuff to watch. Yeah, we had some good group games too, you know. Game of Life, uh, Ready or Not, that kind of stuff. I, I like that. I like watching that stuff. I was I, I was surprised at how much I liked the Game of Life. Like it's I kind life. of expected it to it's be fun. shit. I'll be honest. Um and if you had to make me choose, I still would prefer the first game over at Big Head Life. But it was it was fun. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But that was last week, and then the week before that as well. This week, we'll start off with me for the roundtable. Picking up from a suggestion that Flask threw down, I watched all of Joe Para Talks With You. Nice. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, if you didn't listen last week... That's a show um, where the comedian Joe Para just talks with you, and he's a, um, I don't want to say bumbling, but like a overly wholesome character, like insanely wholesome character, um, who, uh, you know, he just talks to you about what he's interested in, and inevitably that ties into a few bits that string an episode along together for what, I don't even know, know what the typical runtime is, like 11 to 15 minutes, maybe? Yeah, like 12 um, minutes. 12 minutes, okay. Um, so I won't repeat everything Flash said. You can listen to last week if you wanted to hear more about the show. I'll just uh, reinforce that I really liked it. I thought it was very cathartic to watch and calming in a weird way. Um, and I, I love that, you know, the show has a lot of good comedy for me that, uh, uh, the twist is, uh, how is he going to get wholesome with this? You know what I mean? And <laughs> I don't think he cheapens out. Like it, it almost always feels earned when we get our wholesome moment. You know what I mean? Um, great show. Unfortunately, just learned it was canceled after three seasons. <laughs> That's basically um, how I found out about it. Yeah, yeah. But it's not a it's not a show with like there's there's a story going on like a relationships that develop and such. But it's really a show that uh you know it can last three seasons and get cut and you're fine with it. Mm-hmm. So check that out. Highly recommend everybody on the podcast. Flask wanted me to especially make sure I recommend it to Vito. So Vito, when you're when you're out here listening in Italy or wherever you are, quote unquote Italy, <laughs> um, you know, why don't you stop going outside and enjoying the sun 
and spend 20 minutes inside watching a couple episodes of Joe Para talks with you. Let him, let him talk with you, Vito. Yeah, he's got some things to say. He may, in fact, be interested. Vito did mention, by the way, that uh, he was definitely planning to check it out, so I'm glad about that. One one standout bit that hasn't left my mind, it was uh, Joe Para talking about... I, I want to say there was, like, a an underlying theme of, like, being assertive, kind of, and, like, speaking your mind. And he was, like, talking... He's like, oh, I wish the boys would have gone on a walk with me instead of just eating sausages and drinking beer. I like sausages, and I like beer. Um, and if you ask me sometime... Or he's like, I, I like and have opinions on both sausages and beer, and if you ask me sometimes, maybe I'll share it. And the camera just stays on him for a second as he mumbles under his breath. Why didn't I just share it now? <laughs> it's a good good <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, if you get that kind of humor, you're, you're going to love it. On the other hand, a show that Flask also watched a little bit of, but explicitly didn't recommend, uh, was uh, The Rehearsal with Nathan Fielder. Kind of his follow-up show to Nathan for You. I, Vito's, I think, has talked about this more extensively. But, you know, the the show at least lures you in with the premise that um, it's going to be a show where he takes people who um, have some kind of everyday life situation and he uses the HBO production budget and throws money at the problem to construct an elaborate rehearsal for that situation. It's like we just said, the first episode's about... Um, a guy who lied about his advanced education. He only has a bachelor's degree, but he told his trivia group that he has a master's degree. So Nathan constructs this elaborate set of rehearsals for the guy to like try out different simulations of how that conversation might go when he reveals that information. Does um, it go to the extreme? Like somebody pulls a gun out? No, no. It like no, like kind of the fun of it is that Nathan is like very dedicated to it, but you know, and this gets to what Flash was saying that maybe it was a little too mean. The guy is just naturally weird enough that he kind of takes it to weird places. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, and you gotta watch the episode. I bring it up because, uh, I know Flask, you stopped watching it because you didn't like the way it made you feel. And I know right. Vita was getting kind of that same feeling over the first couple episodes. Cause it, it, you know, if you see Nathan for you, you know, that like part of the bit is how crazy these people are. These just normal everyday people. And that can feel a bit weird when you're not sure how in of it in on the joke they are. Um, but I really think the rehearsal goes, it does not stick with that premise for more than like two episodes really, and it goes to some very weird places that feel very introspective. I almost feel like Nathan is trying to address the part of him that made Nathan for you and is like, he he does directly have to wrangle with like the ethics of a show on camera in some really weird and unexpected ways that uh, I, I sincerely don't think was entirely planned. I think that there was a bit of the show that was just him figuring it out as it went along. Um, I, I have two questions for you, actually. Um, yeah. One, do you think it's genuine? Yes. Do you think it's not a bit by Nathan, like playing his I Nathan think, character? I think it is a bit, but I think the bit is does genuinely and 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 honestly, like undeniably, become about himself, like how weird he is, 
Um, okay. And and he said before, even with even Nathan for you, that he had a hard time understanding some of the criticism because to him, the way he tried to construct it was like he was always the most pathetic person on screen. And right, that's really kind of what that. I felt about. Yeah, definitely felt about Nathan for you was that he was the kind of the recipient rather than the pr- provider <laughs> of of the like the weirdness and the the the. Uh, I I think undeniably ridicule. He is by the end of the show. He is that. Okay. Like he is undeniably that, and includes well, I mean. I really don't want to spoil it, but um, I, I think I can just say this with just to tantalize you is that by the final episode, there's actually no more real people, like no more people who are not part of the production involved. It's just hmm. Nathan. Okay. Well, my second question is, like, does he reconcile the fact that this is still being put out as a TV show <laughs> at the at the end of the day? I, I honestly think that the kind of stuff that it goes to is maybe so personally damning in some weird ways. I don't want to overstate it, but okay. I don't feel like by the end that he needs to reconcile it. All you right. know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. It, one way to look at it is it almost feels like Nathan doing therapy on Nathan with HBO production. And, so, I, and I, I think there's a there's a lot of genuineness to it. Um, what were you gonna say? There couldn't really be a, a season two of the rehearsal, could there? There is. Uh, there is. I have, no, I have no idea where it's gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but I mean, I, I guess the the slightly longer plot of it is that um, that the first episode was what I described, and then the second episode sort of sets up the the um rehearsal that ends up lasting pretty well the whole season where a mother wants or a woman wants to rehearse the experience of being a mother through some antics nathan eventually finds the need to insert himself into it and um then the the final back half of the season is like an andy kaufman like I don't know, experience with Nathan inside this thing that um, does not really portray Nathan in a great light. And I'm not talking about Nathan the character either. Not not at least specifically. I think it, it does reckon with Nathan the filmmaker as well. Okay. Anyway, that I, I went on that little rant just to like highlight that like you know, if you're if you feel genuinely uncomfortable, obviously I'm not saying push through I'm not saying make yourself feel uncomfortable. But that feeling, I, I would be surprised if it lasts throughout the whole season, or at least I mean, yeah. for the same reasons. It, it, I probably, it generally, I think, is setting up a a big subversion with that first episode. Okay, first two episodes, maybe. I, I, yeah, I probably still wouldn't watch it just because me me feeling discomfort is not predicated on it being on how real it is. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel discomfort in fictional shows all the time if it's too awkward. Um, which is like perhaps irrational, but it's just I I feel uh, an empathy for people, whether they be fictional or or real. Um, so so I probably still couldn't like handle it, but uh, it is interesting to know the places it goes and that it really changes 
uh, and becomes something an entirely different beast. You know, it becomes more about him. That is interesting. In that case, you should at least like read about what I'm talking about specifically. Okay. I just look up some summaries of it. <laughs> All um, right. And if nobody cares about spoilers, I'm happy to talk about it. But um, the one thing you told me about cracked me the fuck up. Uh, should I just do spoilers? Like, Are you guys gonna watch it? Uh, I probably won't watch uh, it. Um, no, I don't, I'm not gonna. And even yeah. if I do, I uh, I will most. I'll probably forget. watch it, but I don't care. Well, okay, I I can just say some light spoilers then. Spoilers for the rehearsal until 1902. Nathan um, inserts himself as the husband figure through a hilarious series of antics where. Uh, the woman wants to, you know, have a have a husband involved and like finds a guy on Tinder who's not a great guy, um, etc. Um, and eventually like he starts directing like what he wants to be happening. Um, to the point where like the woman who who was the subject of the show points out, like, you know, this was kind of supposed to be my rehearsal, but now it's kind of become your rehearsal. And uh the last few episodes are Pretty much just about Nathan reckoning with why is he doing this? What what is he doing? Because the woman leaves the show. What am I doing here? I don't have a subject anymore, but I'm still living in this thing, and I'm still experiencing this and filming it and putting it on camera. Um, and where I think that like it shows him going across the line is that um, one of the child actors becomes so attached to him. In his daily life back at home, he's like referring to Nathan as dad, and it's like a really heartbreaking scene where like Nathan goes to like the woman's home, uh, and like talks to the child and like explains the difference between like the show and reality and all that. And then Nathan takes that and does weird rehearsals with that purely with him and other like actors and that kind of thing. Uh, the final episode I won't get into, but. It, it by like revealing like, you know they really fucked up using child actors in a way in this kind of setting and Nathan reckoning with that. When Nathan is rehearsing, his, um, attempt to get the subject to stay on the show, he has an actress playing the subject and the actress is talking to him like, "All you're doing is messing with people. You're always lying to people. You're always manipulating people," and he's like, "Uh." And she's like, I don't care. And she's like, and you don't care about it. And Nathan's like, I do care. And then she's like, you don't care. That's why you're always just standing there just awkwardly, like pretending to be awkward. I'm I'm only highlighting these things to like say like the, why I'm saying it goes to like very weird and introspective places. But hmm. um, really something you got to watch to experience. But uh, I, I, I did not expect Nathan to become the subject of his own show. And I, I feel like there was a lot of it that was genuine. I don't know. I still feel like if there's if you go deep enough in recursion to have it be focusing on a child actor experiencing like a real personal problem, I feel like that shouldn't end up on TV. But maybe I don't know the full picture. Well, when you say child actor, how old are we talking? Five. Well, the, the, at least the kid he's playing is five. I assume the actual actor is around that age. I was like, whatever. I mean, you know, you get, you don't know who people are. Get Shrek, little bozo. That is pretty. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, what's well, what happens when you leave your kid around like by an adult long enough? 
yeah, I, I think like, you know, that actually happening is not outside their own possibility. And, uh, you know, it, I, I, I imagine that people have to have that discussion with child actors, uh, not infrequently, especially if they're very young. But, this is uh, not your dad. He was not eaten by a giant snake. You are yeah. fine. <laughs> but the thing I don't know about is it actually ending up on TV at the end of the day. I mean, I don't know what to say other than, you know, Yeah, uh, yeah. Or, I'm not, like, attacking it or anything. I'm just, like, you know, discussing my, my point of view. Yeah, I, I guess I would say that, you know, if everybody's consents to it, if everybody's happy about it and everybody gets paid... And if it's portrayed in an honest way, I don't see a problem with it. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's part of what really softens the blow for me towards the back half of the series is because there's no more real, normal, everyday subjects. Like, the people he's interacting with are literally actors who know what the show is. Like, know right. exactly what the show is. Not that, like, there's some weird subversion going on. But, like, they are entirely in on the bit. And yet, you know, there's still this real human moment where the bit has kind of run away from him and he has to reckon with like, Oh, I was just lying and manipulating for fun, but actually it, it's, it's maybe negatively affecting some lives in some pretty damning ways. Mm-hmm. There's a moment in the final episode where Nathan is doing a rehearsal or like a reenactment of something he's do and he's playing a different role than himself. Like, I think he's playing as the mother of the kid. And it, 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 he has to, like, deal with, like, all of the um, crew people talking about him while he's not there. You know what I mean? Even though he is there because he's playing a different character. And one of the okay. crew people, like, is talking to the mother is, like, he's a really weird guy. And, like, that is kind of, like the thesis statement, like where it shows up in the episode is almost like a thesis statement for the show is like Nathan just knowing that he's a weird guy and he's not necessarily even proud of it. You know, it's just what, what he is. I don't know. I feel like I've kind of lost the thread trying to explain it without while tiptoeing around it a little bit, but I I hope that I've given you guys at least somewhat of an impression that this isn't just Nathan for you making fun of people. I, I think that, um, it's maybe not as funny as Nathan for you was at its at its best, but it's a lot more interesting as far as a uh, I don't know just a study on like humans and how they interact and reality TV and all that. Yeah, I smell that. Finally, I'll give a little update. I've been uh, getting more in earnest back into Yaki Kawami Two. Um, you know, I've only played a few. Yakuza games, and I've specifically been playing the best ones, but I gotta say that this one is not vibing with me as much as the others. Uh, which I'm kind of surprised about, um, because I, I thought I remember people saying that, like, Kiwami 2 was, like, the best one, or, like, up there with one of the best ones, but the story's good, but it's not, like, hitting me. I'm not really getting engaged. I'm not really loving some of the mini games. Like, I think you like the clan creator, John, but I gotta say, I, I really, really don't like it. I'm not gonna finish it. Um, oh, yeah, Doug it. Well, construction, right? Yeah, like the RTS game. It just feels yeah. really weird and bad to control for me, at least. Oh, he's just not good at it, folks. Just can't I mean, cut it. It's an uh, it's an upres of a PS2 console RTS thing. So I'm not surprised at all that it feels the way it does. But um, 
I found that like I was almost to the point of stopping to play the game, and I realized that it was because I was trying to push myself through Clan Creator, and I started to get my juice back into the game once I started ignoring Clan Creator. The combat is way too easy. I'm playing on the hardest difficulty. I've not had a problem. Oh, wow. I get, I, I get way too much fucking experience. I have way too many moves. I do too much damage. It's fine. I'm kind of just breezing through it, but um, maybe there's something about Yakuza 0 being such a good game that kind of spoiled a bit of the experience in these other games for me. Not because they're lesser totally, but Yakuza 0 just did it really well. Mr. Camarocho Superman is just breezing through life and thinks it's easy and lame. Also, the sub-stories, man, like, not a lot of them are good, but a lot like in Kiwami One, there were sub stories that were really annoying, but they were always kind of like funny and like heartwarming. I feel like Kiwami Two has a lot more sub stories that are just fetch quests without the charm. You know what I mean? Just well, go get this, and then you get this thing. What What was the original? What was the consensus on the original Yakuza Two? Like, how do people feel about that game? Uh, I do not know. That was before my time. That was like I don't know. Yeah, because maybe they just like translated it faithfully enough where it it retains some sort of like lackluster for sure (laughs) quality for sure. Um, but you know the game does feel modern because of the new engine, like you're kind of just hinting at. Um, and Camarocho has never looked better. At least, well, I don't like a dragon probably looked better, but uh, compared to Kiwami. Um, Camarocho looks really cool, especially the nightlife, even though it doesn't run super well. Um, I, I think I'm going to finish it just because I'm, I'm a ways in. I'm on like chapter eight, so I might as well finish it. Um, but yeah, not loving Kwame too. That's too bad. And, but, uh, would you then go on to Yakuza 3? The third. I wasn't planning on going on to Yakuza 3 anyway. Okay. If anything, I would next go into Yakuza Six. Yeah, I would. Right, I would it. not recommend doing uh, three, four, or five. Especially you, Andy. I don't. I don't think you would enjoy some of the things. Especially yeah. you. Well, you guys, mainly, beca- mainly because mainly uh, because. I was just gonna say in, in five, there's uh, one part or a few times you have to do it where it's just all dancing mini games. But I like, and, like the idle girl dancing. Well, it's idle girl dancing. Anime oh, yeah. yeah, what's the problem? I would not like well, that. Well, <laughs> Andy would not like that. Yeah. I, I mean, am I off base to the Yakuza fans here? Did you guys vibe with Kiwami 2 in a way that I didn't? I vibed with all of them. I liked them all. I mean, yeah, I didn't. 2 was not like as great as, you know, uh, like 6 or 0 or like all them. But uh, I thought it was, uh, it was fine. Okay. But and, I also, uh, I also it, thought the clan thing sucked. But it's Man, probably I my, that. I didn't mind the clan thing. It's probably my lowest ranked of the Yakuza games, but I didn't, I mean, I played through it. Yeah, I don't hate it all, but yeah, I think I'm pretty much where you are, John. And that's Yakuza Kiwami 2. That's my roundy table. Yeah, that's it. And that's the podcast. Good night, everybody. Very Good night. Well. We're Good going night, back to everybody. watch One Piece. Oh... I'm just kidding. John. Oh, come on. What have, been, what have you been up to the last week? Nothing. Good night. Oh. 
All right, moving on. Sorry, we, we, we're not going to hear any update from John about anything, any odd worlds he's been to in the last week. Thank God. I mean... A bunch of odd worlds. Oh, do where, tell. Where do we leave off? Odd uh, world, uh, I think, poop stain, something like that. Yeah, new and tasty, That's not maybe. where we left off. Was it new and tasty or the one after new and tasty? I can't remember. One after new and tasty. So yeah, I finished Soulstorm. Uh, it was cool. I dug it. Maybe feel like I didn't like it as much as new and tasty. I don't know. That's what you said last week. Newer tasty. It didn't feel newer tasty. It felt soul storm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do I? Do, uh, do I? And then I moved on to, I don't know. And then I moved on to uh, Munch's Odyssey, the greatest game everybody ever loved. Munch's Odyssey. And I played a little bit of that. And so far, it is serviceable, but my least favorite of the Abe series or the Odyssey series. So I'm wait, very is this happy a- that you cushioned the blow because <laughs> when he because I asked him when I first saw him, he's like, oh, "Yeah, I play Munch's Odyssey. Yeah, it's the worst one I've played." Like, oh, please don't say that on the podcast. But wait, is this the original or a remaster? A remake. I think it's remastered Whoa, on the or so whatever the fuck it is on the. Here's uh, here's where we're gonna Steam. get into it. All of the the Odyssey games, except for Soulstorm, and I believe because it just came out, and I mean at least on Steam, June of this year, have given me problems. Um, you know, with Stranger's Wrath, it was the weird controlled thing. With New and Tasty, it was the you know tutorial. Uh, you know, not showing up, and with Munch's Odyssey, there was an HD remaster that came out. I don't know when, and for some reason, when I—I I mean, not for some reason—this happening to a lot of people. When I started up, uh, the resolution is just wrong. It's like only sixty percent of the game is on my screen, and the rest is off. It, and the only thing you can do in the options is change the gamma. That's it. There's no <sighs> resolution. There's there's nothing. Yikes. So the solution... That's hilarious. The solution is to go into the uh, properties, and then you opt in to the... You know, usually you can opt into like beta branches. You can opt into the original version of the game, which, weirdly, when you start it, it's like a little mini-launcher, and it does have settings for resolution, and like full-screen stuff. So I'm playing on the original, I guess, version, but there's like audio bugs... Sometimes the sound just randomly kind of cuts out, like the background audio. So it's just like I've played none of these games in their peak form, um, but I'm still enjoying them. So, like I said, it speaks to the games. Yeah. But Munch's Odyssey is a game that I had not played when I was younger, but I had memories, just a lot of green memories, a lot of, you know, original Xbox, Mountain Dew, Munch's Odyssey. That's just amalgamation I have in my head. Um, <laughs> and this game is, I, I thought it was just going to be a straight platformer, but it's a, it's still a puzzle platformer, just in a 3d form. And in this game, you play both characters, you play Munch, which is like this, uh, fish like character. I mean, he is in the ocean. Uh, this is natural habitat, but he can go on land. He's just not as fast. Um, and Abe and you, switch between them they each have you know skills that the other one does and you know ape can possess people and he can jump higher uh, and you know, he can run faster on land as munch is a more of a aquatic creature 
you know, they're faster in water and they can do the high jump and so you're basically, you know, you're solving puzzles like that, uh, you know, helping each other out to get to the level. It's not a crazy concept. It's just that, I don't know, it's just on the early, you know, original Xbox, the camera controls aren't like, uh, you know, you run around with like the left stick and control the, you know, camera with the right stick or whatever, vice versa. It's, you know, you run around with like the left stick and then the, the camera is tied to the D-pad, like, uh. If you, yeah, exactly. If you want to like run and move or like look around, you gotta like take your hand off of like you know the A B X Y and then like fiddle with the D pad while you're running with the left stick. You know, it's very. Why did they do this? I see. <laughs> old old timey stuff. You know, just yeah. just old game stuff. Um, you know, and I don't know. I feel like the it just transfers over less to to three D. Not that I'm not enjoying. I'm still gonna play. It. I'm still gonna finish it. Yeah, this is definitely the least of my least enjoyable so far. Um, but in additional odd world news, while I was doing this, actually while I was doing like homework, I watched a what is it, Ars Technica? Am I saying that right? Ars Technica, I guess. Yeah. Uh, interview with the creator of uh, the Odd World, I guess, company and in, in series. Uh, I don't know, Lauren something. Oddworld Inhabitants, I believe, is the name of the company. Yeah, Oddworld Inhabitants. La- Lauren Michaels. Sure. <laughs> uh, not sure, but sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, but Lauren, he was pretty inter- it was like a two and a half hour interview and pretty interesting stuff. How he started. He started actually in like uh, military government work where he was like an artist and his job was basically to, you know, look at these plans and schematics of like... Uh, you know, future defense like uh, uh, technology, and then make like easy presentable videos for like four star generals. That's how like he started his, and then you know he moved I guess into uh, used to work in like movies and stuff. And anyway, huh. he's got to talking about Oddworld, and one of the things he he met or that I mentioned last time when I was playing New and Tasty was you know I couldn't find the I got the bad ending. I couldn't find, you know, the the first level has, you know, 50 secret guides, and that's like a lot, you know, counting towards like your goal of 51%. Oh, it was a commentary on the military complex. Uh, No comment. Uh, But apparently that's completely intentional. You know, he wanted you to miss those things on the first playthrough, and then maybe you'll even miss them on the second playthrough, and then eventually you'll find them, you know, uh, and he said, especially in the first level, we wanted to do that. The problem is when the game launched, uh, GameStop, I guess at the time, used to do their own like custom manuals, and they weren't, um, you know, okayed by Oddworld inhabitants and stuff. And basically, you know, the very first thing they said is, you know, on the first screen, there's a secret area right here. And the secret areas, uh, I mean, they're like fucking, they're tough. They're definitely meant for you to play through the game and then in your second, you know, play through, like find them because they're, you know, more difficult than the things you're going to find in, you know, even later parts of the game. It was like, it was a big disaster. You know, people were going, you know, right there in the beginning of the game, you know, facing like a super hard, like, you know, puzzle kind of thing. I mean, like, this game fucking sucks. I'm done. <laughs> uh, fucking GameStop. So that was funny that I talked about not being able to find him, but you know that was totally intentional. Yeah, uh, it was okay. it was a pretty cool interview. I definitely recommend it if you have, I don't know, a, a drive or you're doing something for for two and a half hours. Do you know um, 
what channel or where where people can find this? Uh, it was on like the Ars Technica. Ars Technica. Okay, sorry, you said channel. That. Um, Lauren Lanning is his name. Lauren Lanning. There you go. Lauren Lanning, Ars Technica interview. It's like two and a half hours. I definitely I recommend it. Not Lauren Michaels. Not Lauren Michaels. I uh, I found an amusing little segment on the Wikipedia page for Munch's Odyssey uh, under the port section where they talk about in 2016 they announced a public beta for a reworked port for the PC version that would go on Steam, etc. And the last line is, this new port will clear up all bugs that the original version had, which is pretty funny because that, that funny. leaves Got out em. that they introduced some new ones apparently. <laughs> That was uh, another thing. Apparently, the game he was saying that you know there's a few hiccups to the launch of the first game, and one of them was you know the the guide thing, which probably wasn't as big as he was making it sound. But another one, I guess, is like the first batches of uh, discs had some sort of like massive like game crashing error on them. Oh, <laughs> wow! Uh, and they just had to deal with it. Do you think GameStop put that on there? Uh probably cowards. Probably not. Hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't dare. If I had to rank, and maybe I'll, I'll redo the rank when I finish Munch's Odyssey to give it a fair chance. If I had to rank the games, I would say starting from uh, most favorable to least would be Stranger's Wrath, New and Tasty, Soulstorm, and then Munch's Odyssey. Okay. Wow. Stranger's Wrath okay. all the way to the top. Huh? All over my childhood. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad to know that I was right in thinking that I should play Stranger's Wrath. Um, now, here's the thing, though. I'm only saying, and I mean, well, I did, you know, replay through it, and I did, you know, think it was great. But, you know, I, I gotta say, maybe part of that is nostalgia because that is the game I played as a kid. So, you know, Greg said he yeah. loved Munch's Odyssey, so maybe it's opposite. But I, I really do still think it holds up. And it's also yeah, sort of apples Munch's and oranges, Odyssey. considering Stranger's Wrath is an entirely different you know genre than the others. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, totally breaking away. I mean. Yeah, definitely. There's no really puzzle elements to it. I guess you could call the puzzle maybe just because uh, I was combat a little bit, but you and can, I didn't like you know. puzzles. Well, no, <laughs> Munch Odyssey much. is definitely more puzzles. I was like, like, I, was like I thought I like uh, my main I thing surprised. I remember or my main takeaway I think from Munch's Odyssey when I was a kid was I liked Munch a lot. I thought he was a very uh, very cool character or not cool, I guess, but really uh, I was, thought he was interesting. Right. I mean, if I want to get deep into it, there's okay. So. When you're playing the game, you know, a, a lot of the puzzle is, you know, you get to a gate and it says, you know, you have to have an, a certain amount of sporkle to put in here. And sporkle is just like this, these mushrooms that you, I don't know, you've never heard of before this. It seems like a made up, you know, fake video game thing just to just give you an excuse to block walls. And it just bugged me a little bit. And besides, you know, the, you know, the controls and stuff. Uh, cool. Other than that, I don't think I have watched or or done anything else. Um, this odd I think world. I've just, I think I've just been in an odd world. Yeah, you know, I'm, I don't want to get into it on the podcast, but based on some things that's happened in your living situation recently, it has been a pretty odd world for you in the last week, huh? Yeah, Can't I, escape I planned the on <laughs> I planned on downloading a PlayStation uh, One emulator. And oh, yeah. uh, and downloading Tomba and, and Skull Monkeys and playing them, but yeah, I'm uh, doing a little hold on that. Uh, 
until after Munch's Odyssey and after, you know, you get everything, everything settled over here. Yeah. But maybe well, next week. Maybe. Well, I was going to say, you're kind of booked out next week. Um, we got that Grounded 1.0 coming. Oh, yeah. Damn, that's raw. Dude, September is flying by. Um, you know, yeah, neither one of us done. mentioned it, but uh, we, we got back into CFEs a little bit. That was, that was a pretty uh, fun night. Um, with, with some ups and downs, for sure. Uh, kind of ended, ended on a downy, but I had a lot of fun. Hey, they can't all end on an uppy, you know? And that's yeah. just how waves work, you know? I mean, I, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm hey, saying we like we got... Though. I'm saying like we got super fucked, but like we... <laughs> more treasure than I'd ever seen so far. Like something like uh, $150,000 or something like that on, on one boat. We did have a trailer. pretty sweet hole. We had a yeah. sweet hole, but we got, we got beat up. But we sold the hole, though, so, you know. Yeah, we sold yeah. everything, so... We got we got no paid, matter. we lost our ship, but we got paid. Is that all you got, John? That's, that's all I got. That's all John's got. Alright, moving on down to our next odd friend in an odd world. It's Odd Flask, everybody. Our next contestant. I, odd Flask. I just... Monkey I, D I, Flask. I don't know if anybody's going to get this reference, but I just had an image of Flask uh, being able to see dead people to solve crimes and such. Uh, that's um, that's Family Guy, right? Family Guy made that joke. Yeah, guy? no, it was a book series <laughs> called Odd Thomas. Oh, Odd Thomas. Yeah, but is that wait? Book? Is that a is that a Dean Koontz thing or? Is. Yeah, it's Dean. Okay. I was trying to remember the, the author. Yes, Dean Koontz. Yes, that's and it. um, Anton Yelchin had a, a movie, right? Where he played him. He did. That Thomas. sounds familiar. I never watched the movie. How was the movie, John? Uh, it was fine. Like I said, I don't know I how many I books. Right? I only right. read the first one. I read like three of them. I feel like my mom has a lot of Dean Koontz books, and I read I've read a few of them now. Actually. Mm. It was actually a good book. At least it was to me as a kid. That's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. I, yeah, this is when I was like a teenagerish. Yeah, uh, but I, I did enjoy it. Like twelve or thirteen? No, I was older than that. Fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was probably sixteen, seventeen, somewhere on there. Yeah, sounds like I read them first though. So you know, thank you for copying. <laughs> um. uh, I read one about a <laughs> read one about a clown, but not like the one you're thinking of. He was just like an actual guy who was just an angry clown. I mean, that wasn't really the focus of it. He was just kind of like the bad guy in the book. <laughs> uh, the whole, the, like, oh, man, okay, so the, the, I guess the whole focus of the book was this guy, when he was born, his, like, grandpa had a vision or he died or something, and he was like, you're going to have, I forget the number, it was like six or nine, you're going to have like six or nine, like, really fucking bad days. And that was like his prediction of this guy, <laughs> okay. and he did. And then, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into spoilers here, but he, he did have those bad days, and one of them was when his daughter was being born. Uh, and it involves the angry clown. Oh, no. Weird. But again, he's not like a magical clown. He's just like a, just a fucking angry guy who happened to be a clown. Yeah. Like, uh, like uh, what was the clown serial killer? Uh, it's... Gacy? Yeah, Gacy. Gacy the clown? I think. Oh. I think he was the clown. No? No, no, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. One of those freaks. Yeah, anyways, it was cool. I liked that one, too. Was the first Odd Thomas book about him stopping a shooting in a mall? 
I don't. Oh God, I feel like there was one of them I read it for some reason. It's the one that sticks out my brain where um, there's a shooting that's happening in a mall and it involves a bomb. It kind of sounds familiar. And he, you know, it's kind of like a bittersweet ending because he's able to stop the bomb from exploding. So he he saves hundreds of people, but he's not able to stop all the shootings. So still, like a dozen or two people, die, a dozen or two dozen people die. Hmm. That's anyway. That's odd, Thomas. And, <laughs> and from that, let's move on to flasks roundtable. I just to confirm, uh, John Wayne Gacy was the clown serial killer. Okay, he, he didn't serial that. kill clowns. He was a clown who serial killed. Anyway, yeah, nobody, nobody would probably care if it was the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, it's funny you guys started talking about a book because my first thing was just going to be a recommendation for a. I forget if it's a short story, a novella. It's you know short. Yeah, you story. don't have a monopoly on words, flask. So, no, I don't, and I, I'm glad about that because reading is awesome. Um, but yeah, All it's right. called. Maybe you do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sure. Uh, it's called Survival Mode by Zach Ziz. I don't know. Zach Ziz. Survival Mode. Um, yeah, it's, it's a short one. It's not particularly original, but it's short. And I feel like any, I guess people who like video games probably get a kick out of it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit gamey in parts. It concerns an everyman fugitive who crash lands on an uninhabited world. Uh, this is obviously future tech stuff, so he's flying around space. Crash lands on an uninhabited world. world. Not an uh, not. I mean, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, a strange world? But what it does have is incredible biodiversity, lots of, lots of different animal life. And uh, unfortunately, oh, all of the, the myriad creatures that live there want to kill him immediately. Uh... Luckily, he has uh, an advanced survival suit that can basically Minecraft things he needs out of materials. Uh, but it's not magic, and it's not going to be nearly as easy as that. So then ensues, you know, survival mode. So he has to just try to try to not die and be desperate and everything like that. So check it out. It's fun. Uh, it's, as I said, it's a short one. Yeah. Survival mode, Zach's is. Uh, cool. Actually, that's I said Z-A-K-Z-Y-Z. I'm only yeah. saying that because it actually took me a second to find it on Google when you were yeah, talking. It's, a, it's an interesting name. Um, yeah. I said and, Minecraft. And, but and, it, oh, sorry. One, one more thing. When And when I clicked on it, I don't know if you read it legally, but it seems like it was once on Amazon, but it no longer is. I think it's... No, it's on Amazon. Okay. Well, the, the link... The link on Amazon from Google doesn't work. Oh, Sorry, okay. go ahead. It, it has a listing on Amazon for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I said Minecraft, but it it actually now that I think about it, it reminded me most of Subnautica. Just you know, mm. s- subtract water and add lots of aggression from the wildlife. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a Subnautica that I would have actually liked. <laughs> so so check out that little thing. Uh I it's just something kind of casual that I've been playing here and there is uh Horizon Chase Turbo. Have you guys heard of this right. racing game? You just made that up. Dude. Horizon Chase up. Turbo. It does sound fake. Is it about Horizon the Zero Dawn? It is not. 
It is not a part why of the franchise. Yeah, well, why should I care, dog? It is about you Next. chasing the horizon and Zerp. using turbo. All right, you got me back in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been playing it in between other stuff for a bit now. Uh, it's an arcadey racer, very reminiscent of like a modern 3D version of uh, a game called Top Gear from the SNES days. It's like, oh, if you look at the two, it's it's identical except for one's old in 2D, one's new in 3D. Um, it's got a fast feel, lots of curves. Uh, you know, you got these temporary bumping and, and side touch penalties, that sort of thing. Uh, but pr- pretty like, you know, uh, simplistic because of the arcadey nature. So in the campaign, uh, you've got boost and fuel concerns, and there's like little coins to collect on each track. So there's there's some stuff to do even if you're like really good at the racing, you still have to like maneuver to to refuel yourself and stuff like that. So it's a fun and quick uh, racer just to throw on in between other stuff if you like that sort of thing. But I will say, uh, I guess the things I don't like about it are how sometimes during turns, you can't really make any meaningful adjustments, which can cause you to sort of bump cars in front of you, which actually gives them a boost forward when you bump someone from behind, which can be very aggravating, as you can imagine, boosting your opponents uh, just because you can't like you don't have enough turn control. So that can be frustrating. But the other thing is uh, how all the racetracks are just circuits. No rally type tracks interspersed in those, which I always personally appreciate a good mix of both types, circuit and rally, where you're just going from A to B, you know, but it's not a big deal. You know, it's just the way it works. It's it's kind of hearkening back, as I said, to a an older type of racer. That's how it is in the turbo world. That's how it is. So, yeah, it's just a really speedy progression of simple racing courses. You got car unlocks, so uh, there's something to strive for and uh, visuals that that pop. Very, uh, very kind of cartoony visual style. So check it out. I think it went. I, I, I personally own it from being free on Epic one time. I have a huge library of free Epic games. That's how I own it. But I don't know, like, where else it is, if it's just what? an EGS thing. or Say the title one more time. Horizon Chase Turbo. Horizon Chase Turbo. Cool. Yeah. It's one of those like generic names that you know, that won't stick in your head. I That's why I was saying say it again. Yeah. That. And then the last thing, uh, this is, I guess, a lot for Greg. Um, and I guess now's the time to talk about it. Over the past uh, year or so, I've been slowly making my way through all of the Godzilla movies. Oh, watching all oh, of them shit, like in the order. Like the 61 or the old, old ones? All of them in order. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> and not just Godzilla, but Godzilla and Friends. So any 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 mo- any adjacent movie from like Toho or whatever that features a monster or vehicle even that ends up in the Godzilla series at some point, uh, I did also watch. That's crazy, dude. Jesus. That's a lot were... of movies. Yeah. It um, is. Most what of them I've never seen. Your, uh, your favorite. Oh, that's tough. Um, I mean, you know what? Here, I'll simple it down. What is your favorite non-Godzilla creature that Godzilla fights? Oh, interesting. Okay, so when you say non-Godzilla, do you, does that include like Space Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla? Uh, yeah, y- yes, I'll include them as well. 
Probably um Fun. probably Hed Hedra Hedra. I don't know Hedora? how you pronounce it. Yeah, Hedora. I always call I always call them Hedora. The uh the demon dragon one, the purple one or whatever the fuck. No, the um sorry, oh, no, I'm like, the black thing. That's destroy the, it. No, the smog destroy monster. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hedra's the yeah, Hedra's the smog the or the goopy guy with the one eye. First of all, I love that he's a, a very non-standard monster design. And I love that like Godzilla a has a garbage. Isn't yeah, he's a pile he's of garbage. Like, he, he's a pile of pollution. When he flies, he's just a pile of uh, garbage flying. Yeah, he not only does he have an extremely non-standard character design or monster design, he can also transform into several different forms that have different utilities. And Godzilla has a bitch of a time destroying him. He is like resilient to the end. Godzilla has to, Godzilla keeps like walking away, thinking he's defeated the guy, <laughs> and then I'll turn back and be like, "What the fuck." And the guy's gooping back to life, and he has to go back and stomp him and blast him again. It's great. the The movie itself is kind of just like a weird, trippy. Uh, I forget if it was '60s, but like that era of like definitely kind of drug induced, you know, environmental message movie. But yeah, the, well, the that's fighting what with. Most, I mean, that's what most Godzilla movies are. True, like the environmental about, message. Like, yes, for yeah. sure. Sounds like uh, the that one had the antagonist in a... for sure. I'm just say that sounds like the main antagonist in any Yakuza game. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> won't go down, won't die. My uh, my favorite was uh, it was I, I think it's got to be guy a uh, Gigan. Oh, I love Gigan. The, uh, yeah, Gigan's fucking awesome. Gigan's a great design, and just like he, he always I don't inflicts like his, damage, I like which I his, appreciate. Uh, I like his first one, not the one with uh, like I think it's like chainsaw blades. He gets yeah, yeah. He gets the double that chainsaw big, hands. Yeah, that one I'm not a big fan. Of. Yeah, the old hooks guy and the saw blade in the stomach. For for viewers at home, I'm seeing Godzilla, but he's a Power Ranger. He's a big lizard with claw hands, like a Cyclops lizard. Where do There's these guys come from? The fuck? Uh, Sometimes space, space, usually the water. Okay. okay. I was just wondering <laughs> you know, where the hell these sites for hands came from. Somewhere weird. Dude, there's like crazy. You should look up uh, Biolante. Biolante's a big that, plant man. That Biolante's yeah, a, a good design. She's just a big ass plant uh, monster. Oh, uh, yeah. This is more my style. I'm digging the plant monster. But to answer your initial question, Greg, as far as favorite mm. movie goes, I mean, the first one's pretty hard to beat for how it takes itself seriously. But also. It might actually be the last one, Final Wars, where everyone comes back, and it's just a romp. It's just a riot of, like, battling and kung fu, and it's just crazy. Uh, That's all the way at the end of that series in 2004. But there are definitely some great ones in between. Like I said, maybe my favorite, like, uh, movie within the series is is Hedra. Um, I forget if it was Godzilla versus the Smog Monster or whatever it was called. Uh, and there's some uh, other really I, good ones that I probably I mean, can't remember right now. Do you have a favorite? Uh, there was one I partially watched. Uh, it was like the Godzilla with his son or some shit like that. Uh, with Minya, yeah. <laughs> Minya, yeah, Minya. I, I did not fully watch that, watch that one. Yeah, but, that was uh, in the silly period. <laughs> well, yeah. He has a friendship with his kid. Now I'm just looking through cool fucking Godzilla kaiju. Great. Yep. Yeah, there's some there's some good times to be had for sure. I like the first uh I think it was the first Mecha Godzilla where where this mech has like an insanely large arsenal of weapons 
and just unloads them on Godzilla. And <laughs> just like never before has Godzilla suffered such a barrage, even from the military. There's some there's some good times. Interesting. And you know So Yeah. Um you've seen all of them now? I yeah, because I watched up through like from the beginning to Final Wars and then I have already seen every Godzilla movie past that point. I mean, have you, do you have, um, I don't know, any retrospective thoughts, I guess, on those movies, the, the, the more modern ones released in the 2010s, now that you've gone back and seen everything, do you feel like uh, your appraisal of those films has increased or decreased because now you've seen the other 30 of them, 30 Godzilla movies? Uh, I would say that, I mean, okay, frankly, a lot of the movies in the, like the original several series are pretty similar. Uh, they Mm kind of start to blend together if you're watching them back to back, especially in the eighties to two thousands period, which, you know, that's a 20 year period. So, um, that was a a fair stretch of time, even compared to the original stretch of time, uh, where it seemed like they were constantly trying to revitalize or refresh the, the franchise constantly, Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say that actually the modern movies, I mean, most of the modern movies are made by us instead of the Japanese. They've only made the one Shin Godzilla, which is great. I, I love Shin Godzilla, actually. Shin Godzilla is fantastic. I love Anno's uh, approach to the whole, to the material. I, I think it's... I just love the, I love, uh, I love Godzilla, his uh, evolution stages. They're just, yeah, they're yeah. awesome. If I had to choose one movie, like as a movie I liked the best called Godzilla, it would probably be Shin Godzilla because I love his approach. Man. That's sick because I've only seen two Godzilla movies, Godzilla 2014 and Shin Godzilla. So glad oh, I, oh, I don't Andy, have to. We're gonna we're gonna give you a Godzilla 2000. That'll give you a good shock to the system. Godzilla, Godzilla 2000 is interesting. I think is I it, don't think it was is that as Godzilla good a versus Godzilla versus Mega Gyros. Uh no, that's just uh Godzilla goes to New York and they made like an animated series off. Oh, of oh, you're talking about did you, watch the anima- did you watch the animated series? You're talking about ninety eight. Was it ninety eight? Like, I always yeah, called that. I, called, I thought that, I thought he was just called Godzilla <laughs> no, 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 two thousand. No, sorry, there was another movie when you said, called Godzilla two thousand. That on. was Japanese. Wait, so yeah, are you talking about a movie that's called Godzilla two thousand, Greg? I'm well, calling it. Um, no, it's rarely called Godzilla. Uh, but I thought that was. Because there is a movie called Godzilla yeah. 2000 Millennium. Yeah, I'm not talking about that one. I was talking about just... That was made two years later when the Japanese realized they needed to take back the image of Godzilla. And so they, re- they rebooted Godzilla again a couple years after 98 when we tarnished it <laughs> with, with yeah. Godzilla. Godzilla versus Destroyolia. Destroyolia? Yeah, Destroyolia was the last Destroyer? of the previous era before 2000. Right. Listeners that was a pretty home, good movie, I, too. I'm, I'm looking at a, a big list on the Godzilla franchise on uh, Wikipedia, is why we're jumping Dude, look, around. I, like I will the, say the Gojipedia is great, too. The Gojipedia is a great yeah, source. Okay. That's, what I was, that's what I was going through and looking at. I like, uh, I like, the, I like uh, the 1998 one's design. I think it's cool. But it just looks like a fucking dumbass T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, Zilla made an appearance in Final Wars as well. Got immediately trashed. It's pretty funny. What do we think about Godzilla versus Kong, and and what do we think about the upcoming movie Godzilla oh. versus Kong sequel? So I was going to say, uh, the, the sorry, Greg. Uh, oh, you're fine. You're fine. The the way that um, 
the way that the new like our american new movies approach it the material is like i would say more serious than any of the japanese godzilla movies aside from the first one they're all trying to be like have have the gravitas of the the original Godzilla because they feel like oh like a back to basics back to the roots approach. It's only like really with Godzilla versus right? Kong. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm that's not a negative. <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's the way we kind of see it. Right. I got you. Um, and then by Godzilla versus Kong, I think it was the first time where we were like, okay, now we understand that we're silly now, but it's still not as silly as the original King Kong versus Godzilla, which is also a fun movie, but definitely a lot sillier. So I think we're definitely heading in the direction of like we're we're kind of entering our uh 60s era with the legendary movies. It's probably never going to be as silly as those movies, but uh it's going to be interesting to see how like okay, Adam Wingard sort of sort of started the the progression into we can kind of have fun with it and do more bizarre things and I'm actually curious to see, you know, as it continues, because they're not going to just drop the franchise to see, like, if they introduce new monsters at this point. That's well, all that's what the so next far. one's going to be about, right? New new stuff? Is, I'm pretty sure, like, it's going to have new monsters. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I mean, quick. to be fair, the 2014 Godzilla did have a new monster yeah. type. The, uh, yeah, that. Uh, what is... Mutos or whatever. Oh, yeah, whatever the hell they're called. I could swear I'd have to look at a blader. Okay. There was a one question I had just to kind of like sure. get us back to a, a central thread here. Um, you talked a lot about different takes on Godzilla, um, whether it's more serious or more like cheesy, can't be fun, um, or like some in between two. Like, where, where do you? What are you, do your favorite Godzilla films tend to lean lean one way or the other, or what? And if so, uh, explicitly no, because uh, hilariously, my two favorites might be the first and last, which are respectively the most serious and the least serious ones in the entire franchise. Okay, so uh, it's really just about the execution on whatever it really is. I think, yeah, because Final cool. Wars is ridiculous. It's like it's got kung fu aliens uh, inhabiting human bodies, and like, yeah. Uh, all the monsters coming back and Godzilla just going on a gauntlet run through everybody. Yeah. So I, I really just think it's about, you know, the fun and how that fun is executed. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Um, were there any points I wanted to make about Go- 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 Goji? Uh, I, oh, just the one other thing I was going to mention was like, uh, um, you know the 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 moments are the stuff that sticks with you, right? Like the movies kind of blend together, but the moments are the stuff. The high right. points are the stuff you remember, like uh, right. Godzilla doing wrestling moves or getting you know getting injured or something like that. You're like, oh shit! It's you know now it's real. Or um, some of the characters, like uh, the protagonists, sort of rise above the rest of them, who's you forget, and you kind of wish you could you could see them again, like the um, the Jet Jaguar family, the weird like. Two guys and a kid in the Jet Jaguar, uh, or the uh, the psychic woman Miki, who is a mainstay throughout the entire, um, uh, like eighties and nineties series. Forget if that's the the Heisei era, but whatever. Uh, you wonder, you kind of wonder where she ended up, and hope that she had like a peaceful life and stuff like that. Uh, and I think it's interesting that in 
in the modern era, it's kind of a given that you carry over characters from one movie to the next. Like in the legendary movies, uh, we have uh, Millie Bobby Brown being like our uh, our our anchor protagonist. Not our anchor. That sounds like you drag the movie down. Uh, no, but our like our tether uh, character for the for the franchise so far. Like she's in she's in multiple movies right. going forward. Um. But whether that works well is, you know, up to personal opinion in in that particular case. But Greg, I wanted to ask you as a, as an ending thing, uh, is there anything I should know now that I'm a Goji pro? Like, is there any new experience to have after all that? Like, what what is there for me uh, in life? Uh, you watched the cartoon have, with God? Yeah, Luffy? I was going to ask. Have you watched? I did not uh, yet. Cartoon? Although I've heard good things about the, the ninety eight. Yeah, cartoon. that. Uh, the one that looks like the 98 version of Godzilla? They made yeah, like yeah, a I'm talking about the one with Godzuki, which is like a 90. Oh, I don't, oh, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I think Godzuki I know about that one. Godzuki is his son. It's far sillier. He's just like a little tiny Godzilla, and he's always in trouble, and then Godzilla comes out at the end of the episode and saves everybody, and it's like, right, I'm gonna go, <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm gonna go back to sleep. Basically, nah, Godzilla. Godzilla the series. That one, which, actually, uh, I believe, is I supposed to be good. I remember it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll watch that. Maybe, maybe I will. Was that the, the only thing you can think of? Is, uh, Men in Black cartoon. Mm, yes. Yeah. Anything else you could think um, of that I should know or do? Uh, other than that, uh, we should, you know what we should play? Uh, it's an old game, or at least I know it on the GameCube. Uh, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Play that. That was, uh, that was a fun one. Yeah, Godzilla... Godzilla. I imagine it would be kind of a hard game to adapt to a good video game, right? Because like, what are you? All fighting games? Yeah, they're yeah, like they're usually fighting games. Uh, yeah. There was a GameCube one, or not GameCube, a Game Boy one for the Godzilla the series one, and you just played Godzilla as a side scroller. <laughs> well, the original, like the the very first Godzilla games in the eighties, were like, you know, sprites, and it was just like awful because it was just basically trying to represent something much grander than it could ever do, you know. I can imagine like, uh, like a game. Sorry, go ahead. No, just if you ever watched like the old AVGN video on maybe yeah. like one of the first Godzilla games, you kind of get the the point, the picture. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Definitely. I bet you could do a crazy Godzilla game nowadays. That's what just what I was gonna say. Like, I can imagine you like actually can make a game just play it straight, where like you're playing Godzilla and it's almost like a a third person open worldy type thing, except like you know. Your your Godzilla smashing on towns and fucking um, fighting monsters that come, you know. Right, like instead of the environment being your size, it's just much smaller, like like actually miniature size compared yeah. to you. Yeah, that'd be fun. I wonder if it's just the Toho has like a very tight grip on it these days. Basically, like okay, we get the you know the American movies; those are making money; those are fine. We get the the anime movies on like Netflix, those are I guess doing well enough to be fine. That we oh, did you those. watch those? Well, I mean, I you got to think about it. It's not. A, it's it's not actually a super like uh, popular show as far as the uh, the box office goes. Like I was movies. I mean, I was just looking on this Wikipedia page, and uh, it seems like uh, just the Japanese movies uh, haven't even grossed over a billion dollars. When you say just the Japanese movies, you mean every Japanese Godzilla movie yes, ever made? All of them, all okay. of them combined, have grossed a total of eight hundred eight million. You know, so it's like 
Yeah, yeah. It's that. It's actually not. Or a, is that in both? Is that like worldwide, or is that just in the U.S.? That's worldwide. Oh. I'm actually not terrible, terribly surprised because the feeling of Godzilla as a franchise has, has always been one of struggling to be relevant and be viewed. <laughs> we were always in one Marvel movie. Try on seriously. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. You would think it would be an, an enormous Godzilla-sized franchise. At a at a series low, it looks like uh, 2018's Godzilla: City on the Edge of Battle earned 911,000. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> I uh, I recommend maybe the first ep- uh movie uh the first anime Netflix. movie. Okay, yeah, because yeah, uh, the, the other... first one was cool. I did not. Yeah, yeah, the other ones were the last one was really bad. Second one was all right. Isn't he like the largest Godzilla ever in that? He's like world yeah. size. Oh, yeah, he's bigger. like he's literally just walks around the planet all day. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. If I was a giant, humongous monster, probably. I have nothing else to do. I'm just stuck. <laughs> I'm just I'm stuck. stuck in like a Mario Galaxy situation. Yeah. Everything's too little for Godzilla. Shin Godzilla um, is the most profitable at 78 million um, since uh, 1985. That's cool. You're saying those American Godzilla movies didn't make more than... No, so, so this was specifically the Toho Productions, which, which do oh, all okay, the Japanese okay. movies. Now, if we start those looking at... No way. Yeah, so looking at the the four American movies, we're at one point seven six four billion dollars. So the American, the four American movies have made more than all of the by movies. by a factor of two. Yes, I mean it's funny to think about, but Godzilla Shit is essentially that. just on export ours, at this point. You know, it, it's been in, basically just on export for years now, for the yeah, last decade. Godzilla. All right, Flask, is that all you got? Yeah, that's that's that'll oh, be that's, that's me. It? I've had a long road of Godzilla and pretty ready to be done, <laughs> to be honest, but it wrapped up well. So I'm happy. Okay, great. Maybe maybe that's part of what motivated that final movie being one of your very favorites is that you knew it was over. And so you were just super into it, you know what I mean? Perhaps. Like, fuck it. This is the last I, one. I, I I'm not I, I, I'm not shitting your opinion. I'm sure they did. Yeah. I just it's funny to think about. How those things affect our mood and mm-hmm. all that. And you know what also affects your mood? If you just keep podcasting without taking a little break here and there. So we're going to go back. True. We're going to recharge a little bit. And we're going to come back with Greg's roundtable. I'm sure Great. he has something Indeed. other than Final Fantasy fourteen to talk about. And, it, and if not, oh I still want to hear it. He watched all of the Godzilla movies in reverse order over the past year. Yeah, I went back in time. Hey, guys. Uh... I got one secret for you all, and you're gonna have to piece it together. But Greg's got some stuff to talk about later, I'm sure. And with that, let's go to a break. Why did you say P? What the fuck's he talking about? I'm gonna make you look stupid, and I'm you not know, gonna talk about one thing. <laughs> hey, listeners. Yeah, it's me. This is a segment I'm going to call Dandy Talks With You. For no reason in particular. So, hmm. I guess what's on my mind is pins. 
you know, when I was growing up, I never really took a huge fascination in pens. I kind of just used whatever I needed to. Uh, and the few times I did have to write in pen, because most of the time you're in school, you're writing with pencil until you get to college. And around that point, or with me at least, many people around my age are using pretty much computers towards the end of high school, really. But, you know, sometimes it's nice to have a pen in your hand. It gives a little weight to what you write down, you know. When you're making that grocery list, it's, yes, I wrote down milk. I must need milk. When you're churning out ideas and that kind of thing. So recently, you know, I started, I got in front of me a uh, seven-point gel pen from Sharpie. Are, are you talking to somebody? <laughs> I'm talking to the listener. Oh, okay. Carry on. This is a, you might have missed this segment, Flask. Go ahead and, in case the listeners missed too, this is, you know, Dandy talks with you. Currently, we're talking about pins. Oh. Uh, the feel of a nice pin in your hand. This is my friend Flask. Hello. I mean, wait, I'm wait. not supposed to talk to them. Well, you're also welcome to talk with them, or if you just feel like listening, that's that's fine too. I was just describing the pin in front of me right now, which honestly is not one of my favorites, but it's a good, reliable pin. Is the Sharpie S Gel Point Seven font black pen? Now, personally, big fan of fine tip pens. The finer the tip, the better the pen. What do you guys feel? I don't really have an opinion about pens. Oh. What do you have an opinion about Flask? I guess Godzilla. So, I feel like we already did that like on a podcast. Right. You were just asking, though. So That's fair. I did ask. I proffered an answer. And sometimes, listeners, when you ask a question like that to a friend of yours, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. And the results might surprise you and make things take for an interesting turn. Like you just saw there with me and Flask doing that dialogue right there. Yeah. You know what I really appreciated, actually? That uh, later in the series, they brought back, they kept bringing back the twins that summoned Mothra. and. Uh, like in later decades, they would change the song right. they sing to summon Mothra. But then later on, it, even later than that, people were like nostalgic for the original song, the Mothra song they sung. And so they had them sing that song again. Mothra. That, that one. Well, listeners, sometimes you're not familiar something your friend is saying you just say the words but then you feel prompted for another bit of conversation there's still a few more minutes for the rest of the podcast is going to be back you know the one that goes mothera mothera you know in front of me a candle from mainstays called evergreen spruce highly 
fragranced, pine needle, bergamot, perhaps bergamot. I'm not, I don't know, and amber. It smelled quite good, but it's burnt out now. You know, just giving you good B-roll. You know that one? Yeah. Do, do Picasso KU. Mm -hmm. India. Picasso. Me do Bicasa, Sue do Bicasa, bruv. Br bruv? Br brother, bruv, bro. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rope Campfire Podcast. Greg, what have you been up to recently? Hey. Oh, what, what am I been up to? Well, let me tell you, bud. Uh, One Piece. But I'm not going to talk about One Piece yet. I tricked you. <laughs> Dude, you got me. I was uh, expecting One Piece talk. I'm going to give everybody an update on our Sims house, our Sims life. Uh, so, and we have a new housemate. Uh, I believe his name is uh, Cody Potter, right? Or Bobby Potter, some, some, he's some Potter family member. I'm, oh, he is I'm a Potter, sure, yeah. okay. Uh, he is a Potter. He, uh, is it Barry? Is it Barry Potter? That might be Barry Potter. I thought I heard somebody say that earlier. Does rhyme with hair? Maybe. I don't really remember. He really doesn't stick out. We kind of stuck him in the the sub basement. <laughs> Wait, he he, he got demoted go. from under the stair, covered under the stairs to sub basement. Yeah, he's in the sub basement. Uh, I spent kid. like a good a good long while uh, adding to the house. I added like three different three more floors. Uh, our bills are like five hundred or fifty thousand dollars a week, which is pretty crazy because our house is so big. Uh, Kurt made a clone, and, uh, the clone was fucking, like, bugged out or useless, and it turns out it has a, uh, incurable disease, and it's gonna die. So, uh, that the next sense. week, next week, next week, we're gonna have a, uh, a funeral for Kurt's clone. <laughs> don't, don't fuck about with genetics, you're gonna bury your clone, asshole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sims is going well. I mean, that's really the only video game I've been playing. I joined. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that he—he's Bobby pa Bobby uh, Potter. I'm Barry Potter, the newest <laughs> wizard to the Potter. crew. Yeah, he's—he's he's a good Potter. one. I—I I so far haven't done much beyond study magic in my basement floor all to myself. But uh, what's so it like? It like what's it like being uh going to the uh, house for the first time, enjoying it, uh, taking all the sights in. I'll be honest. I did not expect the house to be that big. <laughs> and I was running around before I realized I could teleport. And we saw our friend was already go to space. So all in all, it's been a pretty fun time. Oh, sick. 
Wizard fun. Yeah, uh, Rosardo, he's now like a Jedi in training. He went to <laughs> space and Yoda Yoda started teaching him stuff. It was pretty crazy. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that's that Sims. Cool. Uh, now One Piece, everybody One Piece. Woo. Nobody, nobody One Piece. Going on with that One Piece. Hey, don't bother that One Piece. Everybody uh, say that One First piece. off, let's go with the update. I'm on episode 712. So 712, everybody. Give it up for 712. So in the span of about, uh, what, two, two, three weeks, I've watched over 100 episodes of One Piece. And and I, don't, I don't want and, to acknowledge and you just this. Want more, right? I feel like you're hurting it yourself. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> you know that. You know where he's at. You know this is a great part of the series. Greg, yeah, you're, dude, you're gonna you're gonna like bang your head on the door and then forget like the last two hundred episodes. God, that uh, is. The, then yeah, I guess I gotta go back. That, Andy, that's a dream. I wish I could. Set sail again for the first time. Yeah, yo. Yeah. Ah, boy, oh boy. <laughs> Don't suck. But uh, Dressrosa, pretty awesome. Uh, every fight, they're start. Uh, the fights are starting to wrap up. Uh, everyone's all tired and weak, so I think I'm close to like the ending of the uh, all the fights. But who the fuck knows, well, right? I mean, you know, you still shit, got, you still shit, got the big fights. You know, well, that's what I'm saying. Shit just keeps getting crazier. Uh but yeah, man. Fucking, I One Piece is great. Highly recommend One Piece. Uh, that's about it, I guess. It's just a little bit lesser than Two Piece. What's next, Greg? Mm, that's wrong, it for you. Wrong, wrong, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, uh, let me, let me just say this. Uh, two Piece is imaginary and fake, and whoever likes Two Piece is uh, a loser. And uh, speaking of someone who is probably in Italy watching Two Piece or whatever. Uh, they're probably a loser too. Quote unquote Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a loser. Did, yeah, more like uh shittily. Oh Did you know what? he took a plane oh, to quote unquote Italy and not our viewers and <laughs> Yeah. What'd you say, Blast? Did you know he took a plane there and didn't sail? Why would well, he do that? Pathetic. Yeah. Vito's uh got problems, so whatever. No, but that's it. That's all I got. I'm uh, I'm boring. I just wa I work. I watch One Piece and I play The Sims. That's kind of my that's kind of my thing for the last few weeks. Hey, you know what do you need? What else you need? What, what do you, you need? need besides achievements and my KD or whatever? You know. I'm um, glad I'm glad you guys have Greg specifically have Vito in mind because while he's off in Fairy Tale Land, wherever the hell he is. There's been some happenings in the last week or so in the video game industry. Some news. So I read through the news while we were on break, and there's something actually very funny on this news that uh, I can talk about. I think there's a couple cool, cool things of this news, but just let me know when you when you want to talk. Um, All right. So we get in one and two remasters have been announced. They're out in 2023. Um, is this the first time Suikoden 2 is coming English? What, English? I don't, know, I don't even know yeah. what these games are. What is it, an RPG? Is it? It might that be. It can't be right, can it? Maybe the first one. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of a different game, but I could have sworn that one of those games was famously translated like by fans before it came out in English. It might have already had an oh. English release, for, for all I know, but 
Okay. Um, the the most popular one in the West was probably Soul Eater Three on the PS2, which I played. Yeah, I was gonna say, aren't you a aren't you a Soul Eater Den, Den Den guy? I played Soul Eater Three and I think Five, but I really like okay. Soul Eater Three a lot. Um, Soul Eater One and Two were games that I always meant to get back to, but eh, I never did. Um, they're they're RPGs that like the main gimmick behind them is that I think you can have six people out on the field at once. And the game has uh, typically just over a hundred people that you can find uh, to recruit. Many it's kind to of like, recruit. yeah. So I guess it's almost like a Pokemon of like catching uh, <laughs> people, but like they have storylines and stuff too. So like typically it's it's pretty well written and rewarding to like go down those rabbit holes. You know, it's like the reward for side quest is like a, a new friend, basically. Oftentimes, that, that kind is of cool. thing. Yeah, you can always have more friends. That's that's actually my my affinity for Sweden Three is actually why I'm excited for uh, Iden Chronicles Hundred Heroes, which is the next game made by those developers coming out next year, I think. Oh, so it also has the gimmick of having many recruitable allies. Yeah, yeah. Hence the Hundred Heroes. I see. Yeah. I see. Hundreds of heroes. But yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's not been a great history of beloved games from that era being remastered and and released in a good state but uh, i'll be excited to see if they are yeah maybe we're entering like an era of of remasters of that era of games you know what i mean yeah the, the yeah. old rpgs getting remastered yeah. and brought into the modern age yeah yeah this next one i actually saw uh on steam uh half-life 2 vr mod is now an open beta Oh, okay. It's here, yeah. it's free, and looks amazing, says Tech Radar. I will probably touch this at some point. I'll let you guys know what I think. I don't have a VR headset. I got always qualified right. before I talk about VR, but um, I feel like there's always going to be something not super great about like uh, the experience of a game that wasn't made for VR. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like, I was even talking about in my when I was talking about Half Life Alex that the gameplay types are so different in terms of how how Half Life right. One and Two are are very much like run and gun shooters, whereas Alex is very static most of the time, just kind of teleporting from place to place. And uh, yeah, VR essentially necessitates that sort of point to point static gameplay, um, which. I don't think the Half-Life games are are like incapable of of utilizing that well, but it's definitely it definitely changes the way the game is played. Right. But I've heard good things about Half-Life 1 VR. Uh really. And yeah, yeah, I've heard it's I've heard it's fun enough, but it definitely like you know, it's it's for the uh the novelty of playing these these beloved games in a VR mode. Ooh, trailer looks pretty cool. I'm digging the trailer. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. Likewise, Neon White has a flat screen to VR mod coming soon. I feel like they can make you uh, nauseous in VR. Pass. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna know, quickly comment. Uh, like I think this one would be, for some reason, to my non-VR brain, a little bit easier sell. You know what I mean? 
don't know yeah, why. You think? Maybe it'd be too fast. I don't know. I worry. I would worry about getting nauseous, it. but maybe that maybe there's yeah, maybe compensation. Right. For that. I just not say even understand what was going on. But this guy, that that modder who's doing that, apparently has a bunch of other mods under his belt. Um, I did not know about these other mods, but there's some other good games on that list. Call of the Sea, a game I've seen on the Game Pass and just have never touched, um, is getting a VR adaptation. This is an official adaptation. Just oh, right. I didn't play it. I uh, I played it and talked about it on the Quest podcast 2. at one point. No, you didn't. You're lying. <laughs> Meta Quest you know, 2, yeah. You're so... You're yeah, so... Things up. That's the... That's the... Sorry, John. That's the, that's the con and... The, the con of the otherwise pro uh, announcement here is that it is getting a VR adaptation. It's a good, it's a fun game. Um, and it is, it seems perfectly suited for VR. It's like a, it's basically like mist, uh, which I believe also has a VR adaptation. And uh, so it's a very static sort of gameplay experience usually and puzzle solving in first person. Great for VR, but it's going to be exclusive to the, the meta quest Two. Uh, so it's going to be just like sold in the Oculus store, which is always pretty damn lame because I've never bought anything on there and I never will. And I don't think anybody should be forced to enter their ecosystem. I think that should always always be available on, you know, PC, Steam, whatever as well. Agreed. The big one. Oh, reel it in. Reel it in, Andy. All right. The Xbox PC app has integrated how long to beat stats, and I'm loving it. Like every time I click on a, on a that is amazing. Different game. It's actually <laughs> it's actually really fun to just click on a random game to see what the time is. Oh, I uh, like I have taken to checking uh, how long to beat for most games I play. Uh, same for a while now. Same. Not necessarily because like I, like I need to manage my time that that strictly, but it's just. I'm nice just curious. to know, generally. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'm getting into a 12 or 60 hour thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I find sometimes you're just wildly off, though. Yeah, it's more of like a ballpark. Exactly like, I look at it in like tens of hours, you know what I mean? Like, less than 10 yes. hours, less than 20 hours, then probably like, less oh. than 60. And then. That's know. a good way to look at it. I guess more so it's just like some games are subjective. Like, you have Sea of Thieves. His main story, 32 hours. What is I, the main I story? I wouldn't look at it for something like, like Sea of Thieves, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just more what I'm saying. Some games are just unmeasurable. The boring-ass tall tales. Well, it says completionist, 610 hours. Like, what is completionist? How do you mean? determine that, yeah? Well, it's yeah. like like an example. I'm saying a game that is constantly having things added. Let me click on Stardew Valley. 52 hours main story, 89 hours main plus extra, 154 hours completion. It's like, what is main story, main plus extra? Like, what do each of those yeah, mean? For, yeah, game? start of it. That's like a farming sim, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would assume beating the main story is when you get the two years and you talk to Grandpa at the end. Is it? Or is it when you build That's a community I- center? Or is it when you light all of Grandpa's flames? Or is it like, you know what I mean? Like, the game doesn't really, like... Well, yeah, true. I don't know. That's it's very subjective, is all I'm saying. Flask? Yeah. How long? you? I believe you played on Steam. How long did it take you to beat Deathloop? Oh, Deathloop? Uh... We have we have that was just added to Game Pass. We have the breakdown here. How long to beat? Uh, I don't remember. I knew... So you I knew... It on, did you have it on Steam? Uh, where do, where do I... Steam gives you the, the hours you played. 
Like, like gra- uh, Grounded, for example, like, the game's not even out yet. Why is there how long to beat stats for, you know? 10, hour, yeah, 10 hours, 31 hours, 71 hours. Okay, my playtime is like 20 hours on Deathloop. And 20 hours is, uh, according to this, it is 22 hours for main plus extra. 20, see, I don't even understand what, the, what is... I'm sure I click on it and maybe it'll tell me. Okay, it says so... All styles. Okay, so John, I, I did basically the main plus extra, not the completionist playthrough of Deathloop, and I got 21.2 hours. It's pretty subjective. I think generally it's usually pretty accurate uh, for stuff that isn't multiplayer or open-ended like Stardew Valley or, or Sea of Thieves, something like that. Right. And remember, it, it always is, you know, averages and not just like someone's definitive number. <laughs> yeah. I wanted them to show me error bars on average, you know what I mean? I think that would answer all of our questions. Did you say error bars? Yeah, give me a standard deviation. Oh, <laughs> more like more uh, complicated statistical information. Yeah, show me like a Gaussian curve, like because like for for a lot of games it'll be interesting to see like um, I don't know what's the we're all following right now. Yeah. Like Call of Duty, we all know what that is. Like Call of yeah. Duty Four, right? Playing the main story of that on say easy mode is probably going to be the same every single time. So you would imagine that like most people will beat the game in ten hours, and like the average is ten. But also, almost everybody beats it in 10 hours. As opposed to like something like Skyrim, where you can see like the average is 60. But like that average is spread out across like 40 to like 80. You know what I mean? So, you, uh, so it, it, it would basically just help you to see like how subjective the experience is around that time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, no, I and they, they have all the information to do that. They just don't show it. Because you know why? Because they're fucking. They're afraid. They're they're cowards. Well, they probably don't want to like stop the That's podcast by explaining it's, something it's like this. Absolutely sad. So, um, yeah, it's cool. That is cool. Uh, just say, so, hey, just that so you know, cool. hold on, real quick, just so you know what you're getting into, Andy. Nino Cooney. <laughs> Wait, doesn't have one. What the fuck? What? Yeah, you can't beat that game. It's uh, it still hasn't been beaten to this day. No, I'm serious. Go on, I beat it. click on it. I don't see one. What's well, ours? Right. I guess right. they all don't. I'm, I'm embarrassing to admit that now that I look at how long you beat for further, I'm seeing, I'm seeing that it's like actually does exactly what I asked it for. This, this for example is Far Cry <laughs> Five sets. That does it? Yeah. Wait, no, that's that's rating, not time. It's rating this different, bro. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Nino Kuni does not have one at all. Huh? Really? You gotta, you gotta be. But I, I, on Game Pass, right? So it, it has one on the. Well, I, yeah, I'm sure site. it has oh, on the site, I guess. That, but I'm just saying, Game Pass clicking on it, I don't, I don't see it. Game Pass is a buggy mess sometimes. Uh, on uh, the actual website, it's forty-four and a half, fifty-six and a half, and ninety-three. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure I was definitely between like 56 and 93. I don't think I played for 93 hours, but I didn't make no, it. No, I think it's like the, the little after, like you beat the story, but there's like an extra big villain or something like that. If I remember correctly, I have 48 hours on it. That's about right. Okay. Yeah. Right, what else we got? I decided I wasn't sure if I wanted to start that because I have a. 
Persona 6, 5 coming out next month. Oh, right. I might, We're though. Gonna we have, dive into now. that. We have GTA 6 leaks. Yeah, oh, that's, that's not leak. that big a deal. Honestly, I get it. I mean, it's like Dude, the game deal. looks like shit, man. Graphics, yeah, not I'm good graphic. It's just a big deal overall, but I, I didn't even look. I think I looked at maybe one clip. I, I just didn't care. I, just with GTA Five being out as long as it has been and how they treated Red Dead after it came out, I just have a sour taste in my mouth. I'm totally. sure I'll get GTA Six. I'm sure it'll even be good. Well, I'm not actually sure about that. I'm sure I'll get it. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be good. Um... I'm with you, John. Basically, but I'm just not sentiment. that excited. Yeah, I think it's totally rational. I'm with you. Um, I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I did spend like an hour or two reading in all the features, and there was a few things that seemed interesting, but it, w- it definitely wasn't like a, when I was a kid, like anxiously waiting to hear more about right. a new GTA game. Yeah. And, I mean, the only thing I heard is that the, it's confirmed that the you know there is two protagonists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that it is in Vice City. That's right. The only thing I took away from it. Yeah, I mean, most of the stuff that's been confirmed is like, yeah, cool. It's a GTA game. Um, <laughs> I guess like the surprising things in this setting is that it seems like the map is going to be a lot. Well, early indications the map is going to be a lot bigger than we think, or than just Vice City from the GTA game. It's going to include a lot more of a Florida. It seems. Um, Disney World. Who knows? Dude, that'd be insane. GTA yeah, version I of said, Disney well, World. I said I would like to see the uh, the Everglades. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, uh, what's that uh, soda company? The, it's the same, man. Oh. Red, Red Dead obviously had amazing forests, but GTA Five, that whole forest area fucking just sucked. Well, yeah, it was just it, like boring, a big dude. shit on the map. There's a couple indications that they're going for animals in a big way here. Because uh, animal taming is apparently <laughs> like an RPG-like skill you can have. And you can also really? mount animals. <laughs> I saw, yeah, me and Kurt talked a little bit about that. We thought it'd be really funny, like, if they, with animal taming and riding, seeing people ride horses in the city, like, online, you just get, seeing someone get fucking smashed in the truck. So yeah, I can, I can see the fun in it. Yeah, um, And we've, we've heard some rumors about this game for a while, like, I feel like this is not the first time we knew it was Vice City. I knew in my head it was Vice City, but people were acting like we just learned about this. But No, we knew um, before. Okay. Um, I don't know if we knew, but it was yeah, rumored or you know, heavily leaked rumored, many yeah. times. Yeah. There's so many leaks across the years, and there was one a few years back that actually had a lot of truth to it. It talked about two protagonists across decades and such. Anyway, it takes place in the modern day, at least what we saw. So... Um, who knows what that means as far as their timelines go and such. I I still want to believe that the single-player experience can at least try to approximate what Red Dead made me feel. And maybe it's not going to do that. We'll just have to see more. But um, I'm excited for it, I guess, in that one little way. But Yeah, long gone to the days of, like, like genuinely anticipating the the encapsulated experience of a new gta game and you know the setting the characters the story Mm -hmm. the 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 fun and the innovations you know that's that's kind of a thing of the past but the way by the way the way i don't think we mentioned the way this was leaked was like through a slack 
or something like that in like a different country. It's, it was like weird. Uh, Nefarious hacker. Yeah, not, but it was. I don't think it was like. Was it an actual hacker? I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty sure. It was a 16 year old uh, living in the UK. I'm pretty sure that I read like the guy described how he does it, and he talks about social engineering an employee getting their credentials. Right. And, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, you're not really a hacker if your first step is to get somebody's username and password. You know, I guess mm-hmm. technically that, that's you are, what I thought. Like, it's not like he bro- he broke through some cybersecurity. And isn't he trying to, or what, isn't or wasn't he trying to like blackmailed with this information or something like that? Just stupid. Yeah, there was something about that. I think, I think he's that. selling clips. I think Anthony was selling cl- that clips of that and the canceled Bully Two game to people. If you know they're making him offers. Oh, never mind then. I will buy your Bully Two clips, sir. <laughs> yeah, like, he said. He said he had the full story. Okay. All right. So, like, you know, it, yeah, that, that, that makes me understand why the devs are like really e- extremely, you know, saddened and frustrated by this turn of events because it's like the potential for everything that they've worked on thus far to just leak completely. Well, also, whatever code he has to- already leaked, like the, the source code he's already leaked has to be rewritten at least that much. Yeah. Like, although they have they can't said, just you know, have that on the wall. Right true although people have you know speculated about oh how long is this going to set them back and everything but they themselves have said that it it won't actually like set them back that much and they're still on track and everything like that is uh, it to- basically is basically it- reassuring against the the worst case scenario what are you going to say it takes- yeah, but don't have to say that no matter what that's just Maybe. what i was going to say especially if they're are they a public or a private company I don't know. It's, it, yeah, it's publicly traded, so they're going to say that because... They belong to EA, right? Th- well, regard- uh, regardless, take two. Take two, I mean. <laughs> I always get those confused. T- take two is take publicly two. traded, so they're not going to tell their shareholders that it's going to delay work by X amount. You know what I mean? And they're also one of those horrendous companies. <laughs> yeah, though we have it's heard reports that, company. like, in the last few years, they've done a lot to try to revamp the culture. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, my favorite thing to come from this uh, is other developers sarcastically showing off the early builds of their own games and going like, "Wow, would you look at these finished graphics?" And it's like a a block model or something like that in like a grid. Dude, I I fucking everyone's like. <sighs> I'm getting so annoyed by this discourse that everybody thinks the game looks bad. It's like nobody thinks that. I, I, I haven't seen a single person say they think that, but I've seen so many fucking people talk about those people. It's like, what? what where did? Where was this original guy who said, that looks bad? I feel like everybody's <laughs> just inventing a bogeyman when they say that. That's just my... I am seeing a lot more response there. than original uh, insult. He's out there. You're afraid of him, that's why. <laughs> it's skulking loser insulting the graphics. Also, the graphics, the graphics just look normal. Like, at the end of the day, it, it's from 2019 anyway, but also the graphics just look like a game. <laughs> a game? Yeah. Yeah, great. Well, now that the FBI is involved, I bet that 
hacker wishes that he was doing anything different. One way that he might be able to get that wish is by collecting seven Dragon Balls, the Breakers. It's going to have a farmer in it. I was like, he's going to have to farm for it. <laughs> what a good I didn't segue. give that one a seven out of ten. <laughs> Probably closer yeah, to a Yeah, but the cooler part of that is Majin Buu is going to, is, uh, I mean, we kind of guessed it. Well, but, no, I uh, mean, they showed that from the initial. Yeah. So, but they showed off like his like moves and all that shit he does. I keep, you know, I keep forgetting that that old gross, uh, like shriveled up boo. I keep forgetting that's like a person. Evil you know, like, boo. A character. Great boo, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah evil I, did, boo. I mean, it did look, yeah, evil boo. It did look cool. Yeah, you can, uh, you know, different stages and you can go inside of them and save people and turn to kid boo. Do you guys actually play this? Uh, it's not out yet. Uh, we, I mean, we yeah, played so- the Breakers. Um, but not the with Boo. There was a beta. I didn't buy the beta. Okay. Right, that's what beta I thought. with yeah. Frieza and Cell. Uh, I mean, I played it. It's definitely. I mean, it's a game of of assets almost entirely taken from Xenoverse. <laughs> but I mean, they're only charging, I think, twenty dollars for it. So it, I mean, it feels like a twenty dollar game. Well, if you apparently, I was reading this thing. If you own Xenoverse two, you can get rewards in the game based off of like achievements you do. I don't doubt it. That's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, having the farmer, so how it works is you, you can make your own unique character and give them, like, abilities that you can, uh, you know, earn and buy, and I think it's, like, a, a loot box system. Or you can pick certain Dragon Ball characters, like Bulma and Oolong, that have, like, their own kind of set-in abilities. And the, the farmer, it looks like, is going to be another one of those kind of set-in characters. His ability is now. with a shotgun. Oh, it, it appears to... <laughs> Have an open beta this week. Well, there you go. Oh. Well, there you go. There you go. Farm away, my friends. Minier looks cool. A Kickstarter project for a free this is the thing I was talking about. All right, go ahead. Our well, I was gonna say uh, when you, you were ahead. finished with it. Uh so Minier. M E N Y R. By the way. Yeah, it looks like it's a cool game. Uh, it. Uh, had a Kickstarter. It's basically like a uh, a 3D world generation tool for tabletop games. Uh, I actually saw this uh, a few weeks ago, and I kickstarted it. So oh, nice. seeing it on here is actually pretty funny. Yeah, I just happened to see it, and I was like, "Whoa, this actually looks like it could be." Yeah, very the, uh, it looks really, really cool. Uh, if you go through the um, it's Kickstarter, very cool shit on it. It's gonna be when it's done, uh, all free, I guess. Or it's going to be a uh, free thing, so we'll be able to play that. And then there'll be like a store but, uh, where you can, uh, you know, trade and buy, like and share sell. Assets, assets, buy yes. stuff. I'm, uh, I was, I was super interested in this. I was going to probably use this to uh, scream a veto to finish the character sheet, and I was going to build the world in this uh, thing <laughs> when it was done in three years or That'd whatever. Veto will never. Exactly, dude. I'll have all the time to work on this <laughs> beautiful. Uh, Make your world. place. Vito, Vito, I know you're listening. I think Vito would love D&D, and I don't think he would have the time for it. Yeah, probably not. But Vito this would never very, very awesome. I uh, I de- recommend... I, John and uh, Andy, you guys would love to go look. You, I think you guys should take a look. I'm taking a look at it. Really I watched this quick little video. It did look cool. Oh, and a critical point is that it has already exceeded its Kickstarter goal, so it is happening. Oh, yeah, it's like... um. What the hell is it? Uh, $261,000. Nice. And 10 days left. So 
Where's our Get in there. <laughs> the broken Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, I think I pledged like what forty bucks to it. We need to get a good year for somebody yeah. to make like a a, a huge ass D and D asset pack. Did you say it's a good year for it? I said we need to wait a year. Oh. Oh, for like all the good packs. Come yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a year for somebody to make a D and D asset pack. Right. All like all man. All the monsters and all like the. That's what I'm saying. Paraphernalia. That would be cool. I just think the uh, the whole uh, like setting up maps and stuff, and then you being able to play in those things, like you can just straight up custom build the map. I think that's super awesome. Definitely. I'm uh, very very interested in this, or I think it's very cool. EA's Motive Studio, behind Star Wars Squadrons and the upcoming Dead Space remake, are making an Iron Man game. John Iron Man. Pew pew. All right, kind of weird you did that. Uh, I mean, could be, could be cool. Uh, I mean, some would say Anthem was like an Iron Man game. Oh, true. Although, I mean, that's not like a good example because that game died and scammed people out of money. But wasn't like the uh, gameplay was not the problem with that. Though, I right? heard the gameplay was cool. Like it was, yeah, like a cool mech kind of, yeah, dude game. Um. Yeah, whatever. I'm mean, I'll get it. So we have so precedence hear, Greg, for. I'll get it. Like yeah, Iron that's Man all style I gameplay. To hear. Thank you. <laughs> that's a good point, John. Thing, I didn't even think of Anthem. I think the only thing we know is it's a single player third person action adventure title called Iron Man. Those are the only facts about it. That ain't hardly nothing. How does Iron Man play in the Marvel's Avengers game? Is it just like kind of generic feeling? Like you're not really controlling him, you're just hovering and blasting? No, I don't think he feels bad. You have the option to switch between three weapon styles, like the repulsor, uh, like rockets, and actual like beams. Uh, they're each kind of like uh, kind of close, medium, long range style. Oh, okay. It's actually not bad, man. That game. I don't want to talk about it, man. That game <laughs> Let's not then. As like decent combat, it's just stuck in this like cycle of. We're gonna release like one thing that's kind of like the copy of the thing we already did like once a year. When was the last time you played it, John? Find out. It's dead. Bury it. Let's find out. Don't unbury uh, it. Don't March nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Oh, you exhumed it. Oh, thank God. But yesterday they just had some patch notes come out. <laughs> Thank God, dude. Damage from the unit beam will no longer be reduced when attacking targets beyond mid-range. Oh, Woo! Thank goodness. 24-hour seriously peak over the last uh, month is... Let me guess. 500 players. 335. Oh, I gave it too much credit. <laughs> dude, but Black Panthers increased the King's Mercy attack damage by 450%. Holy moly. Dude. You quit in March 21. This game has one third the player base. Add then. So John did that. I took him with me. I said, "Boys, we're leaving." <laughs> you just ho- you hovered out. I should have, you know, upon upon retrospect, I wasn't thinking right. I wasn't in the right mind frame. Wasn't uh, yeah, it wasn't right. I should have made that my birthday game. Should have made Greg download it. <laughs> should have made Kurt download it. 
I would have been pissed, but I would have downloaded one, it. One other lucky soul I would have forced to download it. Isn't it like humongous, <laughs> too? It's yeah. fucking weird, like 70, 80 gigs or something. So it's an extra That's prank. why everyone's downloading, get, better get Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, it's, it's a good god and ready. It's a good god. It would have been great. Hey, there's always next year, right? Play play for an hour, and then be like, this yeah. sucks. Well, we probably won't even connect to each other. Yeah, it wouldn't even work. Oh, man. Uh, it's always next year. There's... <laughs> We'll have even more characters. We'll have the Winter Soldier by then. Oh, fuck, dude. That'll be cool. Spider-Man might come to the PC. Uh, anything's possible. Oh, did you see if there's a mod replacing uh, Spider-Man PS4 on PC's new face with the old face from Spider-Man PS4 PS4? Is there? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, his original I face. thought his new face was fucking weird. Looks a lot like Tom I, Holland, except uncannily not no, Tom it, Holland. Yeah, I was like, it does not look like Tom Holland. I it kind of looks like new face. someone took Tom Holland's face and like str- cut it off and stretched it over <laughs> that dude's face. <laughs> I don't mind the new face, but I just thought it was, I mean, I don't know if there was a legal reason behind it. I just thought it was weird they did the whole thing in the first place. Yeah, there was no problem with the original face. Yeah, that's fine. All right. You want me to talk about this one? Because I'm like the only one here that plays this or has played this. I suppose yeah. it makes sense. Uh, Star Citizen. Everyone knows that game. They raised, uh, or it's, what is it? Uh, it's kick crowdfunding uh, is now at $500 million. That's half of $1 billion. That's half of a billion. Uh, As from of a total today, of 4 million is. backers putting the average at greater than a hundred dollars per million per backer uh, greater than a hundred dollars per person <laughs> goodness uh let me tell you is the reason this isn't come up you know because you feel like most expensive games ever made usually you see like red dead or, or gta, GTA. is it because this game's not released that it's not on those lists uh, i would assume that yeah because i mean this is this blows those out right like gta was like like 150 million or something, right? Or 250 million? Yeah, Red Dead. Crazy. Red Dead was like I think 200, something like that. So this is half a half a billion, bro. People pay yeah, on dude, average they 120. Keep, they keep. Yeah, that's what I paid. I think give me the for money, my uh, my ship. Give me the money, and I'll give you no game. Oh, uh, you can play <laughs> the game. There is a de- there's a decent amount of stuff to do in that game. I mean, yeah, I don't doubt it. I'm sure. I'm sure there is like, uh, yeah. My I mean, I'm, sure issue... the, I'm sure it's easy to shit on it because it's not like, yeah. A lot of people who released played the game say my, they're uh, enjoying what they have. You know, my biggest issue yeah. with the game is I I play it and I I enjoyed it. Uh, I me me and Danny played it. Uh, but my biggest issue with it, and I've said it a bunch, is it's got developed or it's been developed basically ass backwards, where they add the tiniest, most minuscule details first, and then add, like, the big important shit later. Like, uh, there's just, like, stuff on your ship. Uh, like, uh, one of the ships we were using once when we last played, it has, like, uh, like, a bunch of, like, shielding cables, like, a bunch of, like, different things you can put in your ship, but none of that's, like, in the game, I guess. Like, uh, equipment-wise. We'll get to it. Uh, there's, like, uh, the, the cities the cities you can go to you can just uh hang out in these humongous cities you can go to like shops and eat ice cream at them it's very uh it just basically they're i mean it's cool i think it's interesting uh this game will be done in like 30 years or whatever 
Well, it's already been with, uh, since 2012, so it's been 10 years. 10 years. Wow. It's, dude, give me a little bit of time. I don't know why you're being so fucking pushy about it, dude. Seriously. Sorry. But it's cool. I like to go on every uh, every so often and see what's changed about it. Fleet Week's pretty. Fleet Week is pretty interesting. Uh, they do some free fly events where they let people like fly some of the new shit. So let me tell you guys about a silly little YouTuber who had his moment of fame crash and burn this week, named Dan Allen. Um, the tale goes. Dan Allen. The tale goes is that somebody anonymously leaked, somebody by the name of the Real Insider, anonymously leaked details of the Ubisoft Ford presentation beforehand, and Dan mm-hmm. Allen jumped on stream with a bunch of friends or something like that to uh, discuss it. Um, and all was well until he accidentally responded to a comment made to the Real Insider on his real Twitter account, and thus revealed that... Uh-oh. The way he leaked that information was by being a content creator that got a brief sent to him um, and then ignored the NDA and lied about it anyway. Or ignored the NBA and leaked it anyway. Why does that feel more pathetic to me than, like, hacking? (laughs) I thought it was like he kept, like, I don't know who this insider guy is, but he sounds real like fucking tough. And <laughs> he's probably handsome. <laughs> I don't, like the way he types, he sounds like he probably yeah, like a square jaw and shit. I don't know. It's <laughs> uh, kind of weird. But no, Andy's that. right. He did respond under the wrong account on Twitter. Dang, you know that seems to happen more than you uh, would think. You know, not specifically with with video game people, just. Well, I mean, multiple you know, accounts. I mean, I guess it's mm-hmm. not like a new thing. People have done that on forums as well. There's sometimes Twitter where is so fast paced. You slip. I open Twitter on my phone, and I'm not sure if I'm on the broken campfire or the my Twitter. Yeah, you got to check if you're leaking uh, illegal information. Yeah. We get all the we get. You know, dude, we know when stuff's coming out years ahead of time. We just That's tell us, you dude. Guys. We're the leaker bros. We are every one of them put together. It's some sort of gross amalgam of like fucking enough like flesh and bone is like just fucking worms around and just slams against just walls of faces coming floor. out of the fat and they're screaming. Yeah, we scree- all of them screaming. <laughs> screaming insider information. Yeah, yeah, screaming yeah, different leaks. Screaming different leaks. They're two protagonists. <laughs> Leaking has many. We knew uh, about uh, that Lord of the Rings game getting uh, delayed. We knew about that back in like 2012. Dude, we knew that Judge was that's when to Star PC. Citizen I, yeah, started. I kept screaming it for an entire month. <laughs> we knew that Judge was coming to PC. Come on, we definitely knew that. We knew that for sure. Uh, I definitely knew that Twitch was going to change its revenue stream for its top streamers from 70 to 30 to 50 50. Uh, after the streamer earned his first 100 Fucked up, dude. What the fuck? I mean, that is good for them. I mean, it's better than it, it was, I guess, right? No, no. Maybe I misstated. Well, you, I start mean, oh, 70, no, no, seven, you start yeah, with a 70-30 split. You certainly start with 70 and so then you, you start, go to 50. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. After you make it big enough, yeah, you. Twitch starts taking their is, rake. is yours, right? Yeah, yes. 70 is yours. Okay, okay. Once you make it big, yeah, they start moving in. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just like bigger tech. Well, no, because it's going to a company. It's not going to the people. 
Yeah, fuck it, dude. Fuck, <laughs> fuck that. Fuck Twitch. Yeah, if it was if it was like uh, being distributed back into the I don't know the community somehow. Yeah, it's not though. I, I this know. is uh, if you ask me, this is a uh, a side thing because they also yesterday updated uh, a policy for getting a gambling policy. Oh yeah, yeah no more. Uh, yeah, well, I'm October not no more gambling, but you can't have like yeah, yes. code, right? No, no, no. Well, that used to be it, but now starting October 18th, you're no more gambling. You're done. Slots, roulette, dice. Uh, anything that's like not licensing you at done. Uh, like all uh, the website, those popular websites, like uh, all I know was like Dual Bits, I think it's called. I yeah, banned, banned, banned. And it's like specifically, you no more unlicensed sites, right? So there's like yeah, no yeah. more of that like crazy shit, you know. That's uh, that was popular in the thing. Okay. Uh, like fantasy sports, uh, sports betting, poker. Uh, I think those. Or like they have their own like section on uh, Twitch, so they 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 still are there, but that's like more like a sport thing, like like those big uh those big poker tournaments. Well, yeah, I don't give a g- good god ding dang about g- gambling people. Gambling streamers, I I imagine, pretty much suck unanimously. But uh, yeah, like well, yeah, I would assume that because you know Twitch, I feel is mostly like. You know, kids watch that shit. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Like you're showing kids gambling, and then you're like, just, I don't know, I don't know. Extremely dicey. <laughs> no, yeah, no pun intended. Very dice. Uh, but yeah, the revenue thing is like just another evidence of we're the only game in town. <laughs> Tax the rich, but only for the liner pockets. <laughs> I think uh, this Twitch is just going to mean them going more people going to YouTube. Twitch president Dan Clancy, uh, in his explanation for it. Um, said our recent bump in ads revenue share to 55% as part of the ads incentive program is a great way for these large, larger streamers to make up most, if not all, of their revenue. So it seems that huh. part of the incentive mechanism here is to drive streamers to have more ads. So, like, Twitch is kind of double dipping in a way because I'm sure that gets them a kickback from the admin. Yeah. And ultimately, it's worse for the uh, the viewer, the consumer. Cool. I bet whoever figured this one out got promoted. <laughs> no oh doubt. yeah, definitely. They I was were, thinking well, about that immediately. Now, probably. Oh, I I pushed this number down, and it made us more money. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope, uh, yeah, like I hope uh, a lot of the big guys go back or go over to like YouTube, YouTube streaming. If only Mixer was still you. on a, a legitimate alternative and not dead. Yeah. Because YouTube doesn't really have like nearly as good infrastructure for streaming as Twitch still. Still to this No, day. Twitch, I think, yeah, Twitch is, uh, it's so good. But, you know, with, or with this and, you know, shit going on. Hey, everybody. And banning slurs. This that's, was, not a, that's not a real complaint. This was uh, a podcast. We discussed a lot of things. There's we still no video on this one. Yeah. Believe it or not, the, the mic was hot. It was live. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't want you gamers to go home, move on to the next podcast, without taking some words of wisdom from uh, Adam Sandler, actually. Who reacts to harsh critics who hate a lot of his movies? He says, Sometimes it stings, but I don't get shook up. Keep that in mind as you walk 
around next week waiting for our podcast. Don't get too shook up. That's a Amen. solemn Sandler psalm for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, I... I don't think I talked about it on the podcast. I saw the movie Hustle. It's on Netflix. Sandler's recent serious movie. It's pretty sick. I like that sarcastically, uh, or is it do the good? title? Does he hustle? Yeah. You know, no, it's more about... He's like a, a basketball mm. scout... It's more about the guy he's scouting. He's the hustler, you know what I'm saying? The, the guy, okay. Yeah. This, this, but what is he pretending not him? to be good at basketball until money's on the table, and then he and he beats his opponent? He actually. Or is he just no, having actually, good work at that? John, I'm just, <laughs> you're asking so good questions. You should watch the movie. They'll all be answered. All right. All right. And where did you watch it? Netflix. This one's on Netflix. Netflix. You know, Mike. Yeah, you, you know, I got a little, I got a little fucking bit at the end here. I'm gonna bump in. My computer. It's gonna be an old man thing. My computer updated the other day, and it totally fucking wiped out all the stuff I was is was signed into. Oh yeah. You know. Oh, dude. Uh, you're, not gonna, of, well, you're not gonna remember those passwords. And a lot of them, I'll tell you, I don't pay for. I John, just I, I use the passwords. So now I gotta now I gotta text people and ask them, like an animal, oh, like a like a man dude. with my hand out, like uh, this fucking this fucking hand. In hand. So I have please, I have your password. I have the password. <laughs> at me. I have to watch the newest episode. I tried. Oh, to, it actually, was you using I, it. I was, I was bored last night. I actually did try to sign into Netflix. I was going to watch the new season of JoJo, and I I came to a wall. You know, I had to sign in. Grandpa, said, you should start using a password manager. Now that you, I told you're, you it's hilarious that you think again. Grandpa has more than one password. I don't, but I told you it's not my thing. It's, it's not, not his my password, you know. Oh yeah, good call. He's got to put all those stolen passwords into oh, his Firefox password. saves passwords. And, but your and thing the, updated. I don't uh, use Firefox. And, the, and uh, the, the passwords is this, this person uses are just fucking nonsense. They're not like, like, you know, like a word and then some numbers, letter. It's just like. Oh, they're actually like secure. Someone, you're saying? Yeah, like someone like fucking punch <laughs> like a like I think they they may have like a a password generator that just gives like oh, a oh so it's like Flask when I try to access the podcast materials. Yeah, probably. Uh, you're saying so it's, it's actually secure. Easy. No, it's it actually is secure. secure. It's never easy for me. Yeah, it's never easy for me to just like, hey, what's the password? And they're like, oh, it's you know Scooby Doo fifty seven. Scooby Doo fifty two. Scooby Doo Fifty Two would have been too obvious, right? <laughs> you got to go with the Scooby Doo Fifty Seven. Fifty Seven doesn't. Nobody's gonna fucking see Nobody that. Nobody can figure that. <laughs> no. Anyway, so that's what I got going on. Listeners, if you remember nothing else, remember Scooby Doo Fifty Two. Wait, why would you tell them the password to Broken Campfire? I didn't wink. Fuck. They know the password to the Discord. It's not 57 either, idiots. Well, actually, it's alright. We got a couple days before this comes out. Okay, cool. Good. John, the Scooby-Doo man himself, why don't you give our listeners the very final word? Uh, I think I just did, right? I have one final thing I gotta say. Oh, it was Scooby Doo 52 all one word. Everybody listening, you're all gonna remember where you were. 
on September 24th. <laughs> Let me just say it here and now. 